0: You're listening to audio from New Horizon Worship Center, located in Waco, Georgia. If you would like additional resources, please visit us online at www.NewHorizonWorshipCenter.org. Numbers 14. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, you, You know, usually... Like Mother's Day at church is sweet and honoring to the mothers and thanking them for all the nurturing and protection and growing and all that stuff. And then usually Father's Day, it seems like most of the time Father's Day is kind of like, you need to get your act together. you sorry, dudes. Here's what you need to do. But the problem is, most of the fathers don't show up on Father's Day anyways. They're at the lake or at the, apparently, at the Braves game. Because I know of several people that are at the Braves game today, like Doug and Tracy, but I'm not going to name any names. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, Which there are a lot of people missing today on vacation and out and the Braves game and all, wherever they are and all that stuff, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to beat up the dads today. We're going to encourage the dads and thank you for being here and thank you for having your family in church and thank you for being involved and, and, The message isn't just going to be for Dad, so I don't want all the the ladies in the room to check out either. I think God gave me something really good, and it's going to be for all of us, and it can be applied to parents. And I do have a special word for the fathers today, but it'll be an encouraging word. Today, I want to honor the fathers in the room and remind you to honor your father today, wherever he is, if he's living or... Wish him a happy Father's Day. He might not have got it all right. If he's a human, he probably didn't. But, honor him. So fathers, they're different. And things really change when you become a father. I've found that out in myself, that your perspective changes when you become a father. And and I could be talking about having natural kids or... You can become a father and not even have any natural kids. Like you can choose to invest and to sow into children. There's plenty of kids and there's plenty of people around that need fathers and they need fathering. So don't just tune me out if you don't have any kids or your kids are grown grown and gone. But fathers are different. Things change when you become a Father. I was thinking about that this week as I was talking about it and doing some study and stuff and about Joseph. I mean, I don't know why they didn't let Joseph write a book in the Bible because I'd be interested to read it. The stepdad of God? Wow. He had a tough job. God's stepdad. Then I thought about, you know, Jesus... He wasn't a father. Jesus wasn't a natural father. He didn't have any natural kids. But do you think that Jesus spent time fathering? Most definitely. I mean, we can see it all throughout the Gospels. He said, "Let the children, let the little children come unto me." He, that's what he did with them. Twelve disciples for three years was fathered them and led them around. Most of the scholars believe that the disciples were probably in their teens, maybe early 20s. They were all younger. Uh, that Peter was probably the oldest of all of them. But most of them were these young guys that Jesus fathered. No, they weren't his, his natural children. But Jesus was a father. He spent time with them. He taught them. He taught them how to hear God. How to live. He taught them how to be different. Than what they saw around them. He taught them how to be different than what they were taught or what they thought they should be or what they thought they should do. Ultimately, Jesus fathered them and taught them to change the world, and they did. They changed the whole, they reached the whole entire world with the gospel and his witness. So today, I'm gonna talk to you for a few minutes about being different. We're supposed to be different. My wife would probably tell you I'm an expert on the subject of being different. Um, But as Christians, we should be different. We shouldn't just fit in. We shouldn't just do what everybody else around us is doing just because that's what everybody's doing. We're supposed to be different. We shouldn't do the same thing that everybody around us is doing. So... This is a call to the fathers, natural fathers and spiritual fathers and and future fathers and to all of us to be different. There are lots of scriptures about being different, but I just want to show you a few of them and, and a couple of things that I feel like God was speaking to me this week. We won't go through all of them. Um... And then we'll get out of here in a timely manner, and that'll be different. Look at Numbers 14, 24, and uh, I'm going to catch you up to what's going on in the story so that that we don't have to read the whole thing. But you guys remember when uh, the children of Israel, they were in slavery in Egypt, and Moses went and he called them out of slavery, and he went to Pharaoh and brought them all out. And it's a sign of us when we were slaves to sin and we were dead in our sin, and Jesus came and he rescued us out. And so now they're walking through the wilderness and they're going to the promised land. That's what God promised them for years and years and years. They've known that God promised them this land that's flowing with milk and honey, and it's a great land, and it's their inheritance. It's what God promised them. So they get there and they come to the outside of the promised land, and they say, Okay, we're going to pick a leader, a father. A leader from each of the twelve tribes. And we're going to send them in to spy out the land. And they're going to go look at the land. And they're going to see if the cities are fenced. Or if they're open. And if the ground is fertile. And if the fruit is good. And if there are big enemies there. And if we can win or if we can lose. Or We're going to go see if what God told us is true. And they picked a leader from each of the 12 tribes. And these leaders went in and they spied out the land and they went through and they found this fruit and there was a cluster of grapes so big that it took two men to carry it on a stick on their shoulders. It's a big cluster of grapes. And they go through and you've probably heard the story. They go through, they spy out the land, they come back out to this community of probably around 2 million people who are all waiting to hear what these 12 leaders, these 12 fathers, these 12 men that have been chosen, come back and say, and 10 of them are like, we're like grasshoppers, they're going to crush us. Essentially, they're saying, what God said is not true. He didn't give us this land. We can't take it, we can't win, we can't have it. No, it's a bad idea. (laughs) We'd be better off back in Egypt. And only two out of the 12, Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, we can take it. We're more than able. We got it. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. God's right. I'm not sure how we're going to beat them, but we can. We trust God. And so God says, okay, this was your inheritance. This is what I wanted to give to you. But for all of you ten that can't see it, that don't believe, and that don't trust, you're not going to enter in to all that I have for you. You're not going to have the blessings. You're not going to have the land. You're not going to live in the house. You're not going to go in because you don't believe it. I had it for all of you. But you don't trust and you don't believe. And this is what God said in Numbers. So you're going to stay in the desert until you die. And you won't enter in But then look what he says. I'm going to read it to you in the Message Bible. 14, verse 24. He tells the other ten they're not going to make it. And then in verse 24 he says, But my servant Caleb, this is a different story. Why? Because he has a different spirit. He follows me passionately and I'll bring him into the land that he scouted. He'll live in the promise. He gets to live in it. But look, look what else. And his children will inherit it. Not only does he get to live in the promise because he believed and he was bold and he dared to believe God but his children get it too. He made a way for them to get it. They get to inherit the land too. They get to walk in it too. They get to live there too. Because he was bold enough to believe God. To trust God. Because he had a different spirit. That verse told us. By being different. You leave a legacy. Or an inheritance for your kids. By choosing to live different and to be different, they so that they can go further than you. You ever heard somebody say, "Try to leave the world better than you found it." Look at Mark ten, Mark ten forty two. Look what Jesus said. Mark ten forty two, But Jesus called them to him, and he saith unto them, You know that they which are counted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. Or the New Living Translation says, But among you, it will be different. Jesus said, this is how the world does it. This is how they think it's supposed to be. But among you, it's supposed to be different. It won't be the same. With my followers, it's going to look different than the world does it. Different than the other people think it's supposed to be. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. As a follower of Jesus, we should be different. We shouldn't look the same. Jesus said, It's going to be different with you. You know, up is down in the kingdom. If you want to lead, then we see in the Bible that you need to learn how to serve. A great leader is one that can serve. Even Jesus put on the servant's towel at the very end. Well I'm gonna bring my tithe. I'm gonna give money back to God. I that makes no sense. It's different. Forgive when you're hurt. That's different. That's not what I feel like doing. Bless, not curse, love, not hate. Jesus said, among you, it must be different. Yeah, that's how they do it. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Get mad because they did you wrong. But among you, my disciples, it must be different. If you want to be what I've called you to be, you want to walk in the land, you want to have the inheritance, and you want to plow away for your kids, then you got to be different. Among you, it must be different. So 12 leaders... Twelve fathers walked into the land. They walked into the promise. And only two got to live in it. Only two got to see their children possess it. Why? Because they were different. They had a different spirit. And they believed God. Look at Romans 4, 17. I'll read it to you in the message bible romans four seventeen we call Abraham Father. you remember Father Abraham, the father of our faith? We call Abraham Father, not because he got god 's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody isn 't that what we 've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham. I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then he became a father. He was first named father and then he became a father. Because he dared to trust God. To do what only God could do. I don't see a way that I could do that. I don't see a way that I could do what God's called me to do. He dared to trust God. Yeah, we could take the land. To raise the dead to life. With a word to make something out of nothing. And when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyways. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do. But on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. And God himself said to him... You're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, It's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he serve Sarah's as decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong. Hmm. Ready for God. Sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it is said Abraham is declared fit before God. By trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, it's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life. When the conditions were equally as hopeless, the sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God and set us right with God. The same is true for us. I want it to be said about me that I plunged into the promise and came up strong not that I didn't reach my potential or he didn't walk in all that God had for him. We're not supposed to be normal. And if you look at what's normal and you pull up some statistics what everybody's doing, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're walking out on your kids and your family now that's normal drinking normal New Year's Eve everybody gets drunk why not that's normal looking at things that dishonor women or your wife that's normal guys do it divorce that's normal Oh, your wife's the spiritual leader in your family. That's normal. Happens all the time. Chasing after money instead of God. Yeah, that's normal. Everybody does that. Watch TV instead of reading your Bible. Yeah, that's normal. Be selfish instead of selfless. Normal. If all my bills are paid and I have everything I need and, oh yeah, and everything that I want, then... I'm gonna tithe or or help somebody in need or you know give a little bit of my money as long as everything I need and wants taken care of. That's the norm. That's makes sense. We live in a culture that's all about me. What looks good, what sounds good, what feels good to me, what I want, what I feel like. Me, that yeah. Social me idea what it's about. It's all about me. Now you take them 47 selfies, trying to get a good looking picture, trying to make yourself look good and put it so you can put it up on on Facebook. It's all about you. Oh, and by the way, when you put a Bible verse on there, that doesn't like make it okay and make it about God. As the deer panteth never mind <laughs> that's normal for it to be about me we'll even make church about me coming into church there's gonna be I hope they do something I like I don't like him she made me mad I don't even like that song I don't know why the worship team played that song I can't stand it well, I'm not serving with him. I don't find me another ministry because that person I can't get along with them. Well that was an uncomfortable situation. I'm not going back. I'm offended. How about this? I've heard this one. I stood right there and Dusty didn't even speak to me. I apologize. I thought you were coming to see Jesus, not me. That's normal for us to make it about us. It's our nature, our sin nature. Our flesh. But today I'm challenging you to be different. I'm looking for a group of people that will make a decision today to be different. Don't just fit in. Don't just go with what you feel like. Don't just go with what you see the people around you doing. Be different. It's okay. Remember when Jesus said in uh, Matthew 4, I believe it is, Jesus said, come follow me to the disciples and I'll make you fishers of men. That was different. Fishers of men, no. We've been taught our whole life we're supposed to be fishers of fish. That makes sense. Fishers of men doesn't make sense. This guy's crazy. Right? And Jesus was saying, I'm gonna, No, I'm going to show you a different way to do it. Different than what your daddy taught you. Come and follow me. Or, uh, remember, Jesus said, If you want to be my disciples, also somewhere in Matthew, if you want to be my disciples, deny yourself, or deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That was different. Right, I I mean, that's not what everybody else is doing. Sure, not what you want to do, but if you want to be my disciples, Jesus is saying you got to do something different. You need to look a little different. Look at First Peter two eleven. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. As strangers and pilgrims. Strangers and pilgrims. Some translations say aliens and exiles. As somebody different. Not the same as everybody else around. As strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lusts. Which war against the soul. Don't just do what everybody else is doing. Don't just do what feels good it goes against your soul good fathers are different 1 Corinthians 4:15 says you have 10,000 instructors but not many fathers right there's a whole lot of people that'll give you instructions or tell you what to do what you should do what you shouldn't do what you need to do how do you... that don't mean they're a father Say you have 10,000 instructors and not many fathers, and you know how to tell the difference? A father will invest. A father is investing in the children, not for anything in return. He just gives to his kids. I don't ask my kids to pay me back for investing in them, for paying their bills. Or for no, I'm constantly investing in them, all that I can time, money, treasures, teach them things, speak words into their life for investing, investing, investing. The Father will invest always. So God is our Father, and he's investing in you. He has invested in you. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his son so that he could have a relationship with you. You're his kid. Do you see it? Do you believe it? Or do you just see the giants? Do you just see the impossibilities and the problems and the pain and the things that I'm coming up against? And the... Or do you believe that he's that big? If you do see it and you believe it, you should be investing into other people. Especially fathers, you need to be investing into your children and into other people. Abraham Lincoln said, If I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend six hours sharpening my axe. Only two hours chopping down the tree. I say if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend one hour going to the pawn shop and buying a chainsaw. I would spend three hours watching football. I would spend one hour eating lunch. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... They didn't have a chainsaw. He had an axe. Uh, He would spend six hours sharpening his axe and only two hours chopping down the tree. Why? He wanted to be effective. You stand there chopping with a dull axe and you're not getting much done. I could stand two guys side by side that are the same strength, the same age, that... Everything exactly the same, and had one of them a dull axe and one of them a sharp axe, and tell them to both chop down a tree. Guess what? One of them is going to be a whole lot more effective than the other. It's not because he's stronger, it's not because he's more gifted or has more talent or ability. He's just swinging a sharp axe. Sometimes it's simple. I want to be sharp. In life, and as a Christian, and as a father, I want to be sharp. I want to make the most impact that I can on my world. When I stand up and speak, I don't want it to just be meaningless words. I, I want to have an impact. I want it to cut. I want it to do what it's meant to do with the least amount of effort possible. So I need to be sharp. How? Scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron. In relationship with each other, and sometimes it grinds on you, and you work through it. And you come to church, and you press in, and you play ball, and you get in relationship, and you get in small groups, and you get in the word. That's how you get sharp. I want to be sharp as a father, I need to be sharp. I got some teenagers, so that I can make the biggest impact possible. I'm gonna believe God, believe what He said. But I got to be in relationship. I got to be in the Word, the file. Would all the men? And all the boys in the room stand up, and I'm going to close. The reason I ask all the boys to stand up is because you're still boys. So, yeah, you don't have any natural kids, but you're going to be fathers one day, whether that's natural or not. You're, and so I'm speaking to you, too. I don't need you to be perfect. I don't need you to never mess up. I need you to be faithful and steady. You're going to mess up. You're going to fall down. You're going to make mistakes. You probably already have, and I know you have, and I know you will. That's okay. But you can choose to be faithful. You can choose to be steady. And you can choose to be different. You don't have to fit in. To what's around you. You can choose to invest. Into the people around you. And believe what God said. And speak it. Remember when God called Moses. Now I'm getting in. I may talk about this more next week, but when God called Moses and God said to Moses, He told him two things. He said, go and speak. Go and speak. And Moses coming with all kinds of excuses. I can't, I can't go back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is so powerful. I can't speak. I, don't, I can't even talk. I can't even speak. God said, go and speak. I'm telling you men today, Go. Don't wait for the right time. Don't sit around. Go. Do what God's called you to do. Step out. Invest. Pour into somebody. Be different. Go. Do it. Go. That's pretty simple. That's two-thirds of God's name. G-O. Go and speak. There's a whole lot of men that do a whole lot of talking. I'm not talking about talking. Speak. Speak. Speak with power. Moses couldn't even talk. He couldn't talk good. And God said, you know, that's alright. I need you to speak. In, in other words, I need you to speak with my power, my, my spirit, my breath. Speak. Speak into the lives of the people around you. Go and speak. You're called to Father. And you're created in God's image. And God is first and foremost a father. So if we're created in his image, then really we're all fathers. You're a father, so go and invest. You only have a short amount of time. Like I said, you got eight hours to chop down that axe. You, we don't have infinity. You got a short amount of time. Stop waiting. Look at my boys and realize my God, it's not enough time. Everybody in this room can take that, it's, you don't have forever. Do what you need to do. Say what you need to say. Go where you need to go. Invest where you need to invest because time's short. Sharpen your axe. Make an impact so that you can walk in it, but not only walk in it, you can see your kids walk in it because you dare to believe. You plunged into the promise and you come up strong. You're not afraid to believe what God says. Make it count. Invest. Speak life. Be different. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for my body, the ones that are here and the ones that aren't here. Thank you for these men that are standing Powerful, the powerful army. Help us to dive into the promise and come up strong. Help us to look around us and invest the people that you've placed in our world. God, help all of us as a people to be sharp, to make an impact. God, remind us today to be different, not just to fit in with the ones around us, but that we can choose to change our focus. And that if we come in looking for you, then it becomes about you and not us. Not our comfort, but the focus becomes serving somebody else. God, help us to shift our focus onto servanthood so that we can look different and we can start to look more like our daddy you thanks for speaking to us and and for guiding us and growing us up keep pushing us God I think a, a personal trainer that didn't push is a bad trainer keep pushing us keep growing us and stretching us we want to be effective God we love you thank you for being a good father and a good daddy that loves us bless all the dads in the room help us to be the warriors and the men and the leaders and the protectors and the providers and everything that you've called us to be God we love you thanks for loving us in Jesus name Amen.